This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's Friday, so that means the weekly news panel assembles for you. Let's welcome in the panelists, saying good morning to Joita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. Hello, Joita. Hello, Dave. And good morning to Michelle. Good morning, friends. All right, lots to get to. Let's jump right in. Ontario NDP leader Merritt Stiles has removed Sarah Jama from caucus. The Ontario legislature was set to censure Jama for comments she made about Israel and Gaza. Alison Jones explains. Stiles had defended Jama after the legislator issued an apology for her initial statement, but now she says that Jama had agreed to work in good faith with no surprises, and Stiles says she was unaware that Jama was going to speak in the legislature today against the motion. Jama said that governments and institutions in Canada are trying to silence people who support Palestinians. The motion gives the speaker authority to effectively silence Jama in the legislature, calling on him not to recognize her in the House until she retracts her original statement and apologizes again. Alison Jones, The Canadian Press, Toronto. So, Joita, I'm sure we can all acknowledge this topic is a little bit dangerous. I think just the way this news story plays out sort of underlines how dangerous any conversation mm-hmm. around Israel, mm-hmm. Gaza, and the Arab-Israeli conflict, both contemporarily and historically, can be. Mm-hmm. But there is, there are some interesting conversation points here. So knowing that we're going to be a little bit cautious, what do you want to explore? Well, the, you know, the thing is, I just don't have enough expertise in the historic and political context in the Middle East to make any sort of educated opinion. I would leave that up to the experts. I'm sure you have amazing producers and they'll bring on an amazing guest and they'll blow it out the water. The reason this particular story jumped out at me is because it does speak to this other issue that's sort of been simmering in Canada for quite some time. And I think it gives us an opening to talk about it. And that issue is the degree of independence that individual MPs, MPPs or MLAs have Uh, from the party line. So is it, uh, because there are many systems across the world, we of course derive our system from Great Britain, where unlike here, some would argue, backbenchers get a great deal more autonomy to say what they want to say. And so I think it really speaks to what the impact would be and, and, and kind of helps us get into this bigger conversation about how much party discipline is too much. Because one of the things that's really interesting is every time there's a leadership race, The candidates running for leader will say, when I get elected, I promise you that as MPs or MPPs or MLAs, I'm going to give you more freedom to take positions that are divergent from the party. And then they become leaders and lo and behold, nothing ever changes. And maybe there's a question to be asked about whether they should. Michelle, I think that's the core question. So why not start there in regards to, I guess you'd call it the party whipping and party discipline. How strict is too strict? Because this is something that comes up for politicians of all stripes, no matter where they land on the political spectrum, that notion of somebody expressing an opinion that might not quite fall into the big tent of even big tent parties. Sure. Yeah, no, I think I agree. That is the core question. And this case does raise a very interesting one. 
I, I don't have a, a hard answer in terms of what, you know how much is too much I, because I really think that context matters and, and all these things play a role in, in how much leeway I suspect a political leader is willing to give party members. Um, when you have a situation like this one that is ex- exceedingly fraught, uh, that has emotions at a very high boil a- across the board, when you have a massive loss of life uh, across both sides and, and, and just a, a deeply complex situation, uh, someone making a statement that does quite effectively take a side is, is likely, that doesn't surprise me that a leader was going to get involved in a situation like this and, and call for some different behavior. And then when that behavior gets flouted, uh, it's not difficult to see the case that was made in order to, to take this action against Sarah Gemma in light of the, the specific context involved here. But I think in, in terms of the broader context, it, it's hard to have a hard and fast rule. And I think a lot of mm. it does come down to individual mm. circumstances. And that's what Mara Stiles was saying here is that there was an agreement made and that agreement was subsequently breached. And those are the grounds mm. on which she's standing by, by her decision. And I think that has a lot to, to do with communication style with leadership leaders agreements with individual members so those suggest that there are some efforts to try and accommodate dissenting views in that party but certainly many people within that group don't see it that way at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you get into a very just complex confluence politics is not activism and vice versa and this is where those lines get really blurry and difficult to 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 navigate i think there there is a bit of a news update to this one as well that that uh, several members of the ontario ndp as well as a bunch of signatories have hopped on a petition really uh, disagreeing with the decision that Merritt Styles made here. Um, it's it. This you actually don't need to look that far into Canadian political history to see where a politician weighing in on conflict in the Middle East, specifically under the scope of Israel, actually led to the downfall of a party leader. That's one of the things that got Annamie Paul out of the federal Green Party. Mm-hmm. That a couple of a couple mm-hmm, of members expressed some dissenting opinions on the Israel Palestine situation, issue, conflict, whatever you want to call it. And that ended up causing a huge schism and rift in the party. And Juita, I think that's when you start getting to how strict is too strict. Mm -hmm. It also speaks to where parties sometimes just don't necessarily want to have a stance on an issue that they don't necessarily have. How can I phrase this? A, 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 A true a power of influence interest. I, I know I'm kind of, I, I, I'm picking kind of the wrong words there, mm-hmm. but the Ontario NDP doesn't really need to have a position on the Arab-Israeli conflict. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just not in their scope of, of influence and in the, in the work they have to do. So, 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 I don't know I, if I agree with that. Okay, well, well are, I want to give... Joel... I think there are people on the convention floor who might disagree with that, oh, but oh, that's... Okay. okay. <laughs> and, a lot of cons- and a lot of constituents who would expect oh, oh, their parties okay, to have okay. to uh, okay, c- come at me on this, guys. I don't mind. But, like, jurisdictionally speaking, a provincial I, I, I party a, should I, I not have what, an I, I international relations presence, yes, especially yes, especially a divisive one, Joita. Yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're trying to say, Dave. I really do. Uh, but just before we go any further, can I just say, because we completely didn't acknowledge the really interesting remark that Michelle made, which was about politics not being activism and how that's not a 
that's not a foregone conclusion for some people. In fact, Sarah Jama is a really good example of someone who, as a young, she's only 29. I mean, God, I wasn't involved in anything of significance yeah. at 29, but she's 29 years old, uh, a young, black, uh, Muslim, disabled woman. Mm-hmm. And she has these mm-hmm. amazing grassroots connections. So, you know, those and lines And has done a lot politics, of tremendous work. I think it needs to be said she's done a lot of Yes, has done a lot of her- tremendous work. And so those lines between politics and activism do tend to get really blurry. And I think that question about how strict is too strict uh, is a really interesting one because a lot of it comes down to our system of voting where people aren't really voting for the individual, they're voting for the party. So there is a really convincing argument to be made in favor of uh, MPs or MPPs or MLAs sticking to the party line more often than not. Why? Because then voters know exactly what they're getting. You don't want an MP or an MPP or an MLA going off and voting in a way that often runs contrary to the um, to the campaign uh, of the of the party or its uh, key ideas. Because then, for voters or constituents, it's like, well, well, hang on a second. That's not what I voted for in the in the in the general election. So you've got that idea, but up against that, when you think about this question about how much is is too much, uh, it is worth noting that in the UK, where I, I sort of drew the comparison earlier, if you're a front bencher, so if you're a critic, then you kind of have to toe the line. There's not really much you can do in terms of expressing an individual opinion. But if you are a backbencher, you get a lot more freedom to express different opinions and ideas. And I sometimes think that that might be really worthwhile from a from a, the standpoint of democratic... Um, from the standpoint of maybe being able to to better represent the views of your constituents, even if you know you're not everybody across Canada agrees on everything all the time, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. there might be some some arguments there to actually bring in a diversity of opinions and ideas. So right now in Canada, generally the belief is that perhaps we are a little too strict with uh, enforcing the party line. And it becomes especially problematic when MPs or MPPs or MLAs feel that their role is nothing more than to rubber stamp the leadership position. So what does that really do for democratic process? And I think Mm -hmm. if you'll allow me to say this, the equity piece becomes really important here. Because in Uh, the mm -hmm. past, the NDP is not the only party to do this, but the NDP in particular has really worked hard to diversify its rank and file and to invite people from equity seeking groups to be part of the the um of the party apparatus but if they get there and don't really get to express their individual points of views or they don't really get to have a voice or they feel that they don't get to really have a voice does does that not fly in the face of some of these uh, more recent and dare I say highly publicized recruitment efforts because no one is going to say we just want all white cis men in our party thank you very much certainly <laughs> cer- certainly especially when you're a party that does want to label itself as more progressive that that sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to be bringing in let's call them alternative views or mm-hmm. like, like I, I don't want to use the word radical because I don't think what Sarah Jama expressed was completely radical I think that perhaps in the moment it was very emo- it, it, it hit people in a very emotional way but there are lots of progressive people who would share the same position as Sarah Jama that is again one of the complications that exists in any movement whether it's deeply progressive or deeply conservative there are going to be ideas that are not necessarily mainstream or centrist Mm. or maybe some of the vanilla that a lot of Canadian politicians like to express more broadly speaking. And Joita, you're right to to reference the fact that Sarah Jama pretty much represents a lot of underrepresented people 
in politics as terms of a young person of color, a person with a disability. There's a lot of things, there are a lot of underrepresented positions and people, and it's not fair to put that solely on Sarah Jama, but Michelle, when you do get people coming from underrepresented backgrounds into the political context, how does this story fit into that broader picture of unrepresented, underrepresented people in politics and maybe some of the positions that are going to come along with that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you referenced the first part in particular, because that, that's the aspect of I have found the most interesting in terms of the pushback since the decision. You talked about the, uh, Joita, well, one of you talked about the letter that's gone out in support of her, and a lot of that was grounded in her community activism. But it's definitely worth noting as well, I think, that there have been a, f a few, both past and present NDP caucus members who are also Black, who have talked about a pattern of having their voices silenced or feeling like they're being pushed mm -hmm. out and not being heard. That, I think, is—I don't think we can have that conversation without acknowledging those perspectives and listening to those perspectives, because we're not insiders. None of us on this particular panel are in a position to really talk about how uh, the words of Merritt Styles would land within the Black community. Um, but there, there has been some very specific criticism on that front, talking about you know, invoking stereotypes, usually used in association with Black women. Mm -hmm. uh, these are these are important critiques that I think need to be really be listened to and that do raise some of these broader questions that Joita was alluding to off the top. Um, and I don't know if any of us here are, are especially qualified to, to weigh in on those, the validity of them, but I do think it's important mm -hmm. that they be noted and, and discussed. Uh, in terms of diversifying views and bringing in additional views, yes, I do. That, that comes with the territory, absolutely. Um, but I do think that party discipline has a purpose and that when one enters politics, there there does come with it a certain understanding that you're going to have to be navigating a specific set of rules that are probably unfamiliar to a lot of people coming into this. Politics is a really weird world that I don't profess to understand 100% by any stretch. <laughs> uh, but I do think that by taking this on, there, there does ha have to be kind of an implicit understanding that there needs to be be the game needs to be played on both sides and and there needs to be a bit of uh willingness to not suppress your views uh but but some a compromise path does need to be found and again i think the mm -hmm. the the relevant point here was that at least according to merit styles a compromise was reached and attempted and not ultimately followed. And mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is where, like, I think, I, I really don't think it can be stressed enough that the, the her removal from caucus did not stem from her initial comments, which right. did fail to, which failed to mention Israel. That's another thing. It, it, they, they just did not mention uh, what happened on October 7th, which is shocking on a number of levels and it did not acknowledge that at all but this subsequent conversation is coming about not because of that initial statement but because of subsequent actions and that's where i think this conversation really yeah turns. yeah it's 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 one thing to rage against the machine it's another thing to rage against your machine and then wonder why your machine might turn its back on you um I, it's it's it, but like but i'm also like i'm i, I say that but i also acknowledge that joita at the core of this so many times political leaders leaders who lead parties are asked to are, are 
asked to speak for members of their or to speak for members of their party or maybe dump people from caucus because their ideas mm-hmm. are too controversial. Certainly we're looking at this through the lens of an NDP story, but it mm-hmm. comes up quite often for people like Pierre Polyev to disassociate a uh, federal conservative leader to disassociate mm-hmm. himself from uh, certain radical factions, right? So it's mm-hmm. not as if it's not as if this story is unique to just one set of politicians. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes a, po- a leader may be decried if they don't separate themselves. So I do acknowledge mm-hmm. that when you're playing this political game, you're going to unfortunately have situations where people engage in the whataboutism. Mm-hmm. But 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 you're right. And I want to give you the last word on this one before we before we move on to something else. Just about that balance of underrepresented people potentially having more dissident views on from the status quo and mm-hmm. how and how democracy and how political parties and political leaders are supposed to handle that. Well, Dave, that's beyond my pay grade. I think it's a question that many people have struggled with. There's no denying that there is a great deal of work that still needs to be done to ensure that we do have adequate representations. I know Canada is truly lagging behind, even when when it comes to something like gender parity. Yes. I think we're 61st yeah. in the world. So we've got a long ways to go. No one's going to give us any prizes. And I think maybe we've got to take um, the view that the way we've done things in the past need to change to accommodate the fact that we have different people in the room. But in what way and to what extent are questions that I don't really have answers for. And really, it does depend on the issue at hand, where, you know, sometimes you need a more unified stance as a party, and other times you have greater freedom to express yourself. And again, one goes back to the official NDP line on this, where they're saying Sarajama was not expelled due to her views from the caucus, but it was in fact expelled because they, she breached an agreement made with Marit Stiles. The other thing that's really interesting is uh, the question about process, because at least one uh, person in, has come out in support, uh, MPP has come out in support of Sarajama saying, well, you know, this is the first I heard about it uh, when I because they never consulted uh, caucus. And I am, of course, talking about Jill Andrew, who said, I had no idea this was happening. Uh, The last thing I'll say uh, is that it is really important to situate this controversy in the Ontario context. And I say this because not everybody lives in Ontario and may have lost track of the Greenbelt scandal, which uh, the Mm -hmm. Tories have have completely exploited the situation. And the NDP's credibility when it came to the uh, to holding the government accountable around the Greenbelt scandal, where they turn around and took a bunch of uh, pro- land off the Greenbelt and, and and handed it out to housing developers. That's a really basic summary of that whole scandal. Suddenly, the Tories have been able to use this, this controversy in- involving Sarajama to effectively do what Donald Trump did so well, which is distract, 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 and change the channel. So I also think that there's a little more reason why this, why so much fuel was thrown on the fire in the first place, because it's uh, because it really was set off with uh, the with 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 Sarjama being uh, censured and in, in the legislature and the and and of course the NDP backed her on that occasion. But there was also incentive for the Tories to make an issue out of this to begin with mm-hmm. because they didn't want uh, to draw attention or continued attention to the Greenbelt scandal. Joita Michelle, thank you for this. I think we managed to keep ourselves out of trouble, although we'll see what people say at feedback at ami.ca. Coming up next, 41 states are suing Meta for harming young people's mental health. How might this lens expand beyond just children? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv.
Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.